God, I just want to thank you this morning. Father, I thank you that you are with us. You said you would never leave us. You would never forsake us. You would be with us until the very end of the age. So Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that right now you're standing here with us. Father God, to speak to your people, to speak to them, to keep their minds, to keep their hearts at peace. Because you are in control. Father, again today, hide me behind the cross. Father, let every word that comes from my mouth be exactly what you want to say to your people. We give you praise for it. We give you glory for it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Have a seat. If you are like me, the last two weeks have been very, very trying. Very, very trying with Austin, the situation going on with, with Austin. And then last week, with what's going to happen in, in Uvalde. And your heart just begins to wonder. When you think it's the worst that has happened, another thing just comes and just blindsides you. And then it seems like we struggle with it, we cry, we pray, and then we get used to it again. We kind of, you know, we just kind of gloss over it, waiting for the next one to happen. Almost like. But you see, deep down, no matter how sad or sometimes hopeless it might even look, deep down we all know that God is big enough. We all know that God can change the situation. And we all know that although we are in the end times and God says these things, these signs will surely happen, there is a remnant. We that are here can pass through those waves and pass through those storms and still have peace in the midst of it all. This series, I called it A Fresh Start taking another look at Jesus because I realized that if the foundation is not well set, nothing else would do, we do, we go right. So today I wanted to look, last week we looked at Jesus as our Savior. And I said that Jesus being our Savior, you would, we didn't have anything to do with it. It was just the grace of God. And one time the Holy Spirit pulled at our heartstrings we recognize that without Jesus, we couldn't make it. We were on our way to hell. And we received by grace salvation. But then, once you get saved, that same grace begins to have another side to it. You now have to do works. You now have to have fruits of righteousness. Your life has to now show that you have believed in the Lord and that you have accepted him, not just as Savior, but also as your Lord. And we went over what it means for Jesus to be your Lord. That for be, to be your Lord, he has to show that you are doing the sayings of Jesus. That you are a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. Because Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do the things I tell you to do? So the way to know that Jesus is your Lord is because you're doing what the Bible says. 
And then we also said that a, a, a one who has acknowledged and has received Jesus in his or her life has a ministry that was given to you by the Lord. And that ministry, Paul says, you must fulfill the ministry that was given to you by the Lord. That is why we are living it. Everybody here, you have a ministry. It's not me that's here, that's the face of the church, that's only a minister here. Like I said last week, there are a lot of people walking behind the scenes that if they are not doing what they are doing, this service won't go smoothly. So everyone, the little finger is just as important as the whole arm. So everyone has a ministry that the Lord has given you. So today, what I want to talk about is Jesus, our peace. And I want to read Matthew 14 from verses 22 to 33, a little bit long. But the reason I want to read this is because I want every one of us here to lay ourselves on these scriptures because you will find something about your life here today. And as you find it, you will find that no matter what is going on, Jesus can keep your heart at peace. You can stay in that eye of the storm and everything around you is going crazy and you are the one that's peaceful so you can pray and change the situation. That is what we have been called to do. Our prayers do change things. It might not look like that because of what is happening, but the Bible says where sin abounds, the grace of God abounds even more. But it's for us who have that grace in us that are walking from grace to grace, from glory to glory. We are the ones that have to take that and say, I have what it takes to make a change in my family, to make a change in my community, to make a change in my country. You might not be out with a microphone in front of the TV, but you can be in your room beside your bed on your knees praying. And make a change from there. And that's what God is asking us to do. We must not be part of the problem. You know what the enemy is doing? He's coming and then he's making the Christian fight the Christian. And once we are fighting each other, oh, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, you are not, I'm I'm this religion, I'm that religion, I believe this, you don't believe that. God is just saying like what Pastor Mike said this morning. His whole thing is that we become one. That was his prayer to the Lord. To, to Jesus prayed to God. That Father let them be one as we are one. Are we one? Have you read Facebook? The enemy is destroying people's lives. And he's coming and using where, you say, where we should say brothers let's, let's have a rally. Let's walk the streets of Cyprus. Go to another church and say, listen, let's walk the streets of Cyprus. Let's come together and pray. You can't do that. Oh, you want to take my members is the first thing they're going to say. Oh, we don't believe what you believe. You all, you all climb uh, the chandeliers. We don't do that. But in this church, we can make it. I'm, I'm bent on it. We are going to make a difference. We are going to pray. And God will honor our prayers. Amen? Matthew 14, 22 to 33 says, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. 
And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out of, for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Truly, you are the Son of God. Just like they do on KSBJ or some of these radio programs, every year they come out with the most popular song for that year. version does the same thing. At the end of the year, they come up with the Bible verse that was the most popular through the downloads, the highlighted scriptures, and the bookmarked scriptures. In 2021, the most popular verse was Matthew 6:33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In 2020, it was Isaiah 41:10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That was during COVID. But what was it 2019 before COVID? It was Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Let's go to 2018. It was Isaiah 41.10 again. Fear not for I'm with you. And then the fifth year in 2017, it was Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God is with you wherever you go. You all see a theme? You all see a trend? Everyone. That's the whole world. Your version has how many millions? Millions downloads. That's what everybody's, everybody's scared. Everybody's afraid. But what does this also tell us though? That in the time of extreme fear, anxiety and worry, people are going to the scriptures. People are going to God for the answers. People are wanting peace. That is the chance we have. 
That is where we can come in and tell people, although you are going through this, let me show you how you can go through it and be at peace with it in the middle of it. We are all going to be tested. Every single one of us. Nobody is exempt from it. On a daily basis, you can see it. People are being hit one wave after another. Financial waves. Loss of a job. You're wondering, can you pay your school fees? Can you buy, uh, pay your rent? Can you feed your family? If it's not that, you're trying to recover from that, it's marriage storm. You just cannot get along. Or the tsunami of, of infidelity comes in, and you're wondering, can this marriage survive? You're afraid, you're worried, you're anxious. You're trying to overcome that. It's a medical storm. You are giving a diagnosis that it's a death sentence. What do you do? You're a Christian. What do you do with that fear, the worry, and the anxiety? The fear that grips your heart. What do you do with that? Or it's a family storm. You think you have a perfect family. Then all of a sudden you find out your son or your daughter is using drugs. And you're a Christian. They've been raised in church. And you don't even know who to talk to about it. Or they're cutting themselves. Or they tried to commit suicide. It's happening. That is how the enemy is just battering Christians back and forth, back and forth. You're praying. You're doing the right thing. And you're wondering what is going on. I probably was one of those that highlighted those scriptures. Because I know the hell that the enemy tried to make me go through. And I know if that's the case with me, I know it's probably the case with most of us here. But can you be at peace? Can you experience Jesus as your peace even when you go through all these storms? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. And we're going to see it in this story. The storm was there. Jesus allowed the storm. Jesus sent them. It was in the middle of the night, in the middle of the sea. So many lessons we can learn here, believers. So that when you come through stuff, because Jesus said here, let me read a scripture for you. Why he allows us to go through storms. In Revelation 7, in this, I'm going ahead of myself, I'll go back again. In Revelation 7, 9, and then 13 to 14, Paul says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands. Verse 13 says, Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who have come out of great tribulation. And that tribulation there means many trials, many sorrows, and many troubles. Could it be God is allowing these things in our lives so we can be among those number? 
Not to destroy us, but so we can get that white robe and be numbered among those that he says the great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. Maybe to wear that white crown. Maybe to wear that white gown. You have to pass some tests that will take the stains out of your garment. The robe of righteousness that he's giving you, there are some stains that need to come out. And for it to come out, you have to go through fire. Could it be? See why we have to see things the way God sees things? Because the Bible says his ways are so much higher than our ways. And his thoughts so much higher than our thoughts. You cannot fit God into your mind. Could it be God allows you to go through that hell? Because he's trying to test you and prove you. He said he took the children of Israel through the wilderness to test them and to see what was in their heart. It's not what is in your mouth. He's looking for what is in your heart. And he lets the trials come. He lets the waves come. Batters you one after the other. You breathe and you're trying to take a reprieve and another one comes. And you're wondering, is God really good? Yes, he's good. He knows what he's doing. The verses we just read, the disciples were frightened. They were worried. And they had good reasons. And that's what I'm going to go through. Why each reason, what we might be going through, so you can see it in a different light. Because we need that for us to hold on. We need that for us to have the peace in the eye of the storm. We need that. I need that. And I know you do. You, you, you need that too. Number one, it was dark. Have you ever been through a dark period in your life? Number two, they were in the middle of the sea. Middle of nowhere. There was no help. In the middle. It's too far now to go back. And where you are going is still a little bit far ahead. You are in the middle. You can cry all you want. Nobody can hear you on both sides. Because you are in the middle. And God let them go in there. And the storm, the Bible says, was battering them on every side. Not just on the right side, not just on the left side, not just in the front, not just in the back. Wham, wham, all at one time. Who has been there? And then Jesus was not there. At least in Matthew, uh, I think chapter 8, he was sleeping in the boat on the pillow, but at least he was there. At least they could go to him and say, Master, Master, don't you care that we perish? But this time, there's no Jesus. So they thought. So do you think they had good reasons to be scared like we are? That's why we should never condemn ourselves. We should never condemn ourselves. I finally got, I mean, this week, the last two weeks rather. It was one, five words that wrecked me. Five words from this. It is I. It is I. Those five words settled some things for me. Forever settled some things for me. It is I. It is I. It is I. 
I can do it when I know it is I. Because you know who the I is. It's the I am that I am. And he can be anything that I want him to be, even in what situation I'm in. It is I. So let's look at the first one. In verse 24 it says, But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. It's not a small detail here. One sentence, but there's a lot of things in there. They are far away from land. They are in the middle of the sea. (laughs) Going forward is hard, but going backward is out of the question. I've come too far to go back. That's what God will do sometimes. Do you notice that when people newly get saved, it's like they they just pray, God answers them. You know what he's doing? He's trying to take you to the middle of the sea. (laughs) Don't tell anybody who just got saved that. They'll say, it's God that wicked. But he's going to prove you. When you first get saved, you you don't even have to pray. He answers your prayer. You write all those things, number one to ten. Three months later, Pastor Angela, I just, look, God has done everything for me. Very good. Very good. You're going to be tested. He waits until you are in the middle of the sea. Till you've known him too much to doubt him. Till you've experienced him too much to say there is no God. That's when he comes to test you. They were in the middle of the sea. Nobody was going to hear them. God will bring your biggest storms when you've gone too far. When you've gone a long way with him that you cannot turn back. Because he really wants to prove you for what he wants to do in your life. And then the second thing, the storm was in the middle of the night. The fourth watch, he says. And that's usually between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. Remember when the Lord told them to go? It was in the evening, sunset, around 6 p.m. That journey would have taken them by boat to go to the other side two hours. But here they were, eight hours later, ten hours later, they're in the middle of the sea. They've only gone one mile. One hour, sorry. They've only gone one hour. What would have taken them just two hours? They've spent eight hours to just go halfway. Have you ever felt that you waited for God so long? You've waited for God to save that child for so long. What you thought was going to take just a little effort. Here you are ten years later and it seems like you've not made any progress. And you're beginning to give up because you think God is not with you. That's what the disciples were experiencing here. They have been struggling. Go one step forward and twenty backwards. Because the wave and all the stuff going on and pushing them back, they are trying to roll and go forward. It's moving them back and, I mean, all sides, struggling, trying to just hold on so you don't sink. How many of you have felt that way? We all have. These were his disciples. They were following his instructions. Go to the other side and wait for me. This is happening to somebody that Jesus was, that has been eating with Jesus, fellowshipping with him, sleeping in the same place with him. He gave the instructions to you. Earlier in the chapter, he just fed 5,000. 
He just did this huge miracle and here you are, this one problem. It seems like God is not taking care of it for you. And then the, the, the one for me personally is the fact that there was no Jesus. You can take any pain. I know I can. Any hardship, any trouble. If I can feel his presence. If I can know he's with me. But when you've been praying on the same thing, month in, month out, year in, year out, and there's no sense of his presence, there's no sense of breakthrough, things actually begin to get worse. Every time you go to the doctor, the report is worse. You're praying, you're fasting, and yet it's like, it's not getting past the, the, it's not even going to the ceiling. That's for me the most horrible part of a test. That's the, where your peace can truly be taken. The enemy can take your peace. Because if Jesus is there at least, you know, you can feel him. You can see a little light. And you can say, okay, I can hold on because I see Although he's, he's sleeping though, but he's there. He's there on the pillow, but he's sleeping. It's okay. I can wake him up. But this time you look, he's not even there in the, in the boat. He's not there at all. You don't sense him. You don't feel him. He's not there. What do you do at such times? What do you do at such times? You give this whole thing up and say, please, it's not worth it. Is this, this, this thing they talk about is really not true? No, you don't. You don't. Because although there was no Lord Jesus, although that was the darkest part of it all, he was watching. Remember where he was? He was on the mountain. He was on the mountain. He was at a vantage point that no other person was at. On that mountain, he could see the whole sea from the very beginning to the very end. He knew when they started. He knew when the waves was on. He was watching them. He was watching what was going on. And that term again, the fourth watch, it says in, um, in Romans 34, let me give you the scripture first. It says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is risen, who is even now at the right hand of God making intercession for us. So when you don't feel his presence, he is there. Spiritually he is there. He's praying for you. Everything he does now, on the right hand of God, the only thing Christ is doing now, is praying for you and I. That's his whole job. At the right hand of God. He's praying for you, interceding for you and I. Because he, the Bible says, he feels the feeling of our infirmities. Because he was a man and he went through everything we are going through. When he bore your sins on the cross, he felt sickness. He felt disease. He felt abandonment. He felt loss. He felt worry. Every emotion, depression, anxiety, every emotion that you and I have ever felt, every sickness, everything we have ever been through, he's felt it. And so when you are going through it, He's able to pray for you because he has, he has felt it. And in this case, we see that he had already told them, I'm going to pray, you all go. And he went on the mountain, a very 
very, very vantage point, watching what they were doing, praying for them as he's praying for us now, even when we feel like he's not there. And in Matthew verse, 20, uh, verse 25 of that Matthew 14, he says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, in the fourth watch of the night, that's a military term. If you're in the military, you know that. There's the first watch, second watch, third watch, and fourth watch. Each one is three hours. And that's throughout the night. He stayed on the first watch watching them. He stayed on the second watch watching them. He stayed on the third watch watching them. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's watching you. He's watching you. Don't let the enemy tell you that God has taken his eyes off of you. Don't let the enemy tell you that he has won this battle. No, 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 no. no. He might batter you. He might send the waves. He might send the anxiety and worry as we've seen in this world. You open your TV, children are being killed. You switch the, the channel, there's no milk for children. Mommy, it's all the children, are, they're after the children. It's the abortion issue that's one in everything. And you're like, God, where are you in all of this? He's telling you, I'm watching. I'm watching. And if you're praying, I'm praying along with you. We have to be on the side of God, watching with Him and praying. This is not, not the time for us to sleep. This is not the time for us to slumber. We have to do exactly what the Lord was doing. It was the fourth watch. It was that's around 3 o'clock, 3 to 6. The fourth watch in the morning, praying, interceding, because He could see where they were in the middle of the boat. He was praying for them. The Bible says in Psalm 12, verse, uh, 121, verses 3 to 8, He says, He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. Hallelujah. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Jesus is watching. Jesus is guarding. He's on guard. He knows when to come. He knows what he's doing. We may not think so, but I, God knows what he's doing. And if you can have your peace in the midst of that, when you see those hurricanes, and they tell you the eye of the storm, the eye of the storm, the I am of the storm, the eye of the storm. Sometimes words are just, you, you hear some words and you're just like, wow. Next, the Lord will come to you. He didn't come in the first watch. He knows why. He didn't come in the second watch. He knows why. He didn't come in the third watch. He knows why. But when it was time, there was no one that could stop him. The Lord came on the fourth watch. And the Bible says he came walking on the sea. He came walking on the problem. 
He came walking on the thing that was going to destroy the disciples. He used that same storm, that same wave, that same problem. He used it to draw them closer to him. He came through that into their life. Can you see God try to, try to come in and speak to you to take you to a different level in him? When you go through your troubles, when you go through all that's going on now, that's trying to steal your peace, you cannot sleep, you can't, you're worried, you're fearful. How are my children, how am I going to raise my children in this environment? How are my children going to raise their children when there's no God, there's no fear of God, everything's going crazy. But can you see God coming in through that same problem? Using that to draw you close to him for you to pray. Using that to draw you close to him for you to have a ministry, to make a difference. Do we just become hopeless and give up? No. He used the same waves, the same sea. He came to them through that. He didn't come through the back door. He used the same thing. The same thing. So try and see Jesus in whatever you're going through. God, what are you trying to teach me? What level are you taking me to? What ministry? What am I supposed to do with this? When he told Moses, stretch out, it wasn't, he didn't tell him to go look for a stick. He didn't tell him to go look for a boat. He says, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? It was what he was in his hand. The little stick that he said, stretch out. What do you have that you can stretch out by faith, even in the midst of your troubles? There is something, there's a stick in your hand. God has left you something that you can use. He never leaves us without something, no matter how small it is. Can you find that thing and by faith stretch it out and let God walk to you, let God come to you in that situation you are in, through that little thing you've handed to him? But the thing too, though, that we do again, when they saw Jesus, immediately, I'm going to the Lord, we comfort you. When they saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. <laughs> and they cried out in fear. Sometimes when it's God doing something, we think it's the devil. We begin to bind and we begin to lose and we begin to... Meanwhile, it's God. For some reason, believers, we think everything that is good is God. And anything that causes us to suffer and be in pain is the devil. But it's not that in almost every case, though. You will have to be the one to differentiate when God brings the fire in to take the dross, to take the impurities out of gold. When he's purifying you, it's fire. Fire doesn't feel good. There's, there's pain, there's punishment that comes from sin. But as a believer who is truly following the Lord, who when the Holy Spirit convicts you, you repent. When you feel fire, you feel pain, you are in a storm. Most likely, this God trying to refine you, trying to take some things out of you. Maybe wants to get you closer to Him in the relationship you have to Him. Maybe wants to get you to get to understand Him in a dimension you never did before, like we're trying to do now to see Him as your peace, even in the midst of the storm. Every bad thing is not from the hand of the enemy. God allows it, and in this, in this case here, they were calling Jesus a ghost. When it was the Lord himself coming to them, they said it's a ghost. But Jesus at that time knew he, he, he didn't want to take any more time with it. He just said immediately, 
Jesus said, be of good cheer. Relax, be happy, I'm here. It is I. Do not be afraid. It is I. Do not be afraid. And I want to tell that to whoever this morning. In your confusion, in your fear, in your worry, you don't know what this is, what this is where this is leading. You don't even know if God is with you anymore. God says to tell you this morning, it is I. It is I. It is I. Do not be afraid. I'm walking something. I'm doing something. Don't be afraid. It's not the enemy. This is the work of my hand. I'm pruning you. I'm taking away things from your life. I'm making you stronger. You have a work to do for me. I have places to take you. It is I. Do not be afraid. You've been afraid long enough. But it is I. It is I. It is I. Do not be afraid. I'm the same God you know. I'm the same God who is your provider. I'm the same God, yeah, I am that I am. The one that has healed you before. The one that has taken care of your needs before. The one that has done things that made your mouth open before. It is still the same God. I may have shown you a different side of me, but it's still I. It is still I. Don't let the enemy tell you this is the devil trying to destroy you. It is God actually trying to build you up. It is God trying to build your faith. The devil is a liar. It is I. Do not be afraid. It is I. I know it will comfort a lot of hearts because when I, that, that scripture did something to me. Because sometimes you're just like, but he said this is I. My hand is in this. I allow this. Don't fear. I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. My promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not. It is I. The great I am that I am. I am your peace. In the middle of the storm, I am your peace. It is I. Can you hear that now? Can you hear that in your spirit? Can you be at peace this morning? Knowing that no matter what happens, it is I is with you. That same Jesus that they came to the garden of Gethsemane and said, we are looking for for Jesus. He said, it is I. When he said that, they all fell on their face. When you introduce yourself, what do you tell people? I am Angela. You are telling them, I am is with me. You are introducing yourself through the lens of Jesus. And do you think any enemy can destroy you? Have you ever thought about that when you introduce yourself? You put God first. You said, I am. Then you put yourself behind. Who is the devil that will destroy their arm before they can get to you? There's none. That I am is still with you. He has not shifted his position. He's still covering you. He's still your protector. He's still your covering. He's still your master. He's still your Lord. He's still your savior. I am that I am. I am with you. Do not be afraid. Finally, Peter, his heart was so encouraged. Finally, Jesus has come. And I see us doing that. He got so excited. He didn't even wait. Just, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. He said, yes, me. Come on. And he went in. He jumped in. 
But then immediately, and as long as his eyes were looking at Jesus, he was walking on that water. Oh, this wave, oh, you really are not a big thing anyway. But then he looked away from Jesus and was beginning to sink. That's what we are too. You know, I see myself, that's why I said we're going to lay ourselves on these scriptures, these verses today. One minute you are this strong Christian, you are like, bring it on, you know. Jesus is here now. Look, look at the miracle he did. Look at what he's done. I'm ready now. Now Satan, now, I know he's here now. Five minutes later, you are back on your face. God, why? God, why? God, God why? I thought you... you is that not what we do? I know I do that. One minute you're strong, then one minute you're such a coward. But you know what, Jesus? When, when you read that thing, when he says, um, Peter, oh, oh, thou little, oh, thou little faith, he wasn't condemning Peter. What he was saying was, your faith, although it's little, is strong enough to do what you were doing. If you kept my, your eye on me, the Bible says the faith as small as a mustard seed can build, can make a plant so huge that it will provide shades for hundreds of people, for hundreds of birds. Jesus wasn't saying, oh, you have no faith, oh, you're a bad Peter. We tend to look at that side of it when we read this story. But that man walked on water. He walked on water. He came out of that boat in the middle of the seas where the waves are the highest. He came out of that boat. The other 12, 11 didn't do that. And Jesus wasn't condemning him. This immediately Jesus picked him up and kept him up. I said, oh Peter, thou have little faith. He wasn't saying he didn't have faith. He was saying you have some faith. You have little faith. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. He was encouraging him. He wasn't condemning him. And the Bible says, when they went in the boat, finally everything ceased. The wind ceased. The wind sees the waves stilled. Do you know when they were in the boat, the first time when Jesus was asleep in the boat, look at what they said. They said, what manner of man is this? When that happened, the revelation of Jesus was still his one of us. Look at what they said when this happened. Let's go look at it. Let's go back there. They declared and said, truly, you are the son of God. You see the revelation? When they saw him do what he did this time, almost similar to what he did. We are now in chapter 14 of Matthew. All this time he's been with them, we are in chapter 14. He's almost getting to the end of his ministry. All to this point, they saw, just saw him as Jesus, the son of man. What manner of man is this? But here was when the revelation of truly, truly, you are the son of God. Have we gotten a revelation like that? Has Jesus changed? Have we seen a different side of Jesus? Has he revealed a side of him to us because of what we've been through? Could that be what it is for you to experience him in another dimension? For you to see him in another way, no matter what it is? To say truly, you are the son of God. So today, 
I just want you to feel, not even feel, I want you to know. Because when these are the end times, unfortunately, a lot more things are going to happen. I wish I could tell you that from now on, it's going to be peachy and rosy. No. No. And our job is to prepare us, all of us, so that we can stand in these days and have it done all to stand. So that when he comes back, he comes back for his bride, his church, that is without spot or wrinkle. That's what he's doing. He's taking out the spots and the wrinkles from all of us. And when you're ironing a shirt that's wrinkled, what do you do? You don't put cold iron on it, right? When you have a dress that you want to iron and you want to make it look really good, what do you do? You put a hot iron on it. It's the heat of the iron that takes those wrinkles out. That's what God is doing. God is ironing your, 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 your gown for you. Tell him to bring the heat on. He's not going to kill you. He's just making you ready for him. Because that gown has to be white and spotless and without any creases. And that's what God is doing to his church. He's bringing the iron to iron us. He's bringing the bleach to wash out the stains. If it's not clean enough, he's throwing you back in there for another round until he gets you clean. How many of you are ready for that? Hallelujah. Stand to your feet this morning. Stand to your feet this morning. Stand to your feet. We're talking about this. If you're not saved, just everything I've said doesn't even relate to you because any trouble that comes to your life is the enemy wanting to just destroy you completely so you don't even know anything about God. So if you're here this morning, you've not given your heart to the Lord, as we all close our eyes and just bow our heads, if you've never said, Jesus, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, be the Lord of my life. If you've never done that, just let me see your hand go up real quick this morning. Just raise your hand real quick so that we can pray for you. So we can pray for you. Everybody here is saved. If you're here this morning, you've been suffering from a lot of anxiety. Just chest pains from anxiety, insomnia. You cannot sleep because you are so anxious. You are so worried because of the things that are going on. Fear. I'm going to ask you to come out. Let's pray for you this morning. I want to anoint you this morning so that your eyes can really begin to see. I want to pray for you this morning. If you're here, you've been dealing with a lot of anxiety, a lot of worries, a lot of fears. Let's pray for you this morning. If you are having depression, let's pray for you this morning. Pastor Roy, please come out. Let me pray with this. Let me just tell you all, when you get saved, when you come to the Lord, God is going to test you. Don't let the fear, don't let the worry, don't let the anxiety make you think that God is not on your side. God wants you to begin to know him in a different dimension. So this morning, I just want you all to stretch your hands towards these ones. I'm going to anoint them and just be in agreement with me. First of all, that the work that the Lord is doing in their life will be completed. That they will begin to see the hand of God in what God is doing. 
that this situation in their life will draw them closer to the Lord. Father, Lord, I thank you. Draw him closer to you in the name of Jesus. Let whatever is going on in his life be an avenue for him to begin to walk closer to you, to know you more. Father God, I thank you that every plan of the enemy in his life, I rebuke in the name of Jesus. Every plan of the enemy to destroy you, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Every demonic force that has been leashed out against you, I break it right now in the name of Jesus. You will walk in your high places in Jesus' name. I rebuke every fear. I rebuke every worry. I rebuke depression and anxiety. I rebuke it today. In Jesus' name. But I thank you that your, your thoughts towards us are good and not of evil. To bring us to an expected end in you. And so Lord God, I pray over her this morning. Every anxiety, every spirit of anxiety, I bind you right now. I call the peace from heaven, the peace that passes all understanding. To rule your heart and to rule your mind. In the name of Jesus. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. Peace be still. In Jesus' name. Anxiety, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I call upon God to come and flood your heart right now. With his peace that passes all understanding. He says, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives. The world will not give you the peace only God can give you. Look for that peace in him. He is the eye of the storm. Find that place of safety and stay there. My sons, find that place of safety and stay there. And this place of safety is in Jesus. Find it and stay there. In Jesus' name, Father God, I thank you. I thank you. Every anxiety I curse in the name of Jesus. I curse in the name of Jesus. Let the peace of God flood your heart. Let the peace of God flood your mind. You have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. The mind that is in Christ is the mind that you have. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I want the prayer partners to come out. If you have any prayer requests, if you are sick in the body, you want somebody to agree with you in your finances, in any area, let the prayer partners come. And you just come out and pray with them. The others on your way out, just raise your hands. Let's pray this morning. I hope God spoke to your heart today. I really hope so. I know he did to me. And I know that he's going to keep you in peace. No matter what's going on, no matter what you see, the peace of God is on you. Father God, I thank you, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Let it rule and reign in the hearts of your people. Father, let nothing disturb their minds anymore, God. Let them have that confidence that you are with them, oh God. That no matter what they face, oh God, you are with them. You are taking them to a high level. You are cleaning them up. You are making them ready for you. Let them see their tribulations that way. Let them see their troubles that way. Let them see whatever they are going through that way. That Lord, you are doing something wonderful. Preparing them for their home in heaven. Removing every stain. Removing every crease. Applying the heat so they can become all that you created them to become. We surrender our lives to you, my God. We surrender our lives to you, our God. If we are going to be numbered among those people, oh God, among every tribe, among every tongue, among every nation, and our robes are going to be white, God, do what you have to do to make our robes white. Do what you have to do to make our robes white. 
Do what you have to do to make her robes white. Take out the crease and take out the stain. We surrender our lives to you this morning, my God. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it, Lord, do it. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. Let your face shine upon us this week, oh God. We have favor with you. We have favor with men. We thank you for bringing us out and bringing us back home. Thank you, Lord, you are with us. You are with this church. You are taking us somewhere. And we give you praise and glory for it. And the people of God said, Amen and Amen and Amen and Amen.